Uh, this is episode two of the currently randomly titled An Indie Web Podcast. It is titled that because it is an indie web podcast and no better name has been proposed. So uh, we just, it is now April 15th, 2018, and we just finished um, the second part of a recording for episode one, which we unceremoniously uh, did not finish for three weeks. Uh, so just to cover ourselves in case it's another three weeks, we're immediately launching in the next episode, which I will post at some point. Maybe I'll wait a day. Yeah, just a to, day or two. <laughs> yeah, just to space it out. So uh, I had a few things I wanted to talk about um, since I've been busy. So since the original recording in March of episode number one, I took some time off to uh, sit in the woods, eat unleavened bread, uh, suffer through snow, and for some unknown reason related to that, uh, write an indie auth authorization endpoint. And I want to talk about that for a minute because uh, it's something that I've been wanting to do or wanting to have at least, I would have rather somebody else did it for uh, a few years. <laughs> so here's here's my first question. So you can maybe we can lay some foundation yep. for the listener, um, uh, because I myself find the concept of indie auth uh, and other various flavors of authorization um, somewhat confusing. It, uh, you know, I. I generally get the basic functionality of what's going on, but I think e even within the indie web community, there are various shades of color in terms of what the some of the specs are versus the implementations, um, particularly, particularly given what, how they're named. So can you tell us, uh, and you may not even have all the history going back 20 years of various other authorization implementations for even things like, you know, OpenID, which seems to be hobbling along on its last legs based on well, I things I've seen and read. To sort of mention where we, we were as a community. So when I started with the community, we had what everybody called IndieAuth, which was basically IndieAuth.com, the implementation that Aaron Parecki put out. And this was roughly 2013, 2014? Uh, 14. Yeah, okay. I know it seems like I've been here forever. Well, Not quite. just to, just to lay the history out. Yeah. So I'll play, I'll play the devil's advocate here. Yeah, and we... this is my interpretation of how I understand it. So uh, if anybody listening uh, who was actually involved uh, wants to correct me, feel free. Um, so um, the IndieWeb Wiki came online, and they're, they're, we're looking for a way to do login for it that would eventually be somewhat distributed. So um, IndieAuth sort of was what was chosen to do that, and the implementation of IndieAuth was, was something called RealmeAuth. So IndieAuth.com uses this, and one of the big problems was the two became conflated with each other. So so, it, so what's the difference then between IndieAuth and IndieAuth.com that's in? Well, IndieAuth.com is an implementation of IndieAuth that uses RealmeAuth for its authorization. So okay. um, let me start sort of where I began. Okay. So the first time that I tried this, it was basically, okay, so we're an independent community, and I'm logging into a site basically using my website, which is logging me into a site using my Twitter, GitHub, or what have you credentials. Now, something about that sort of rubs me wrong, only because those were the things I was trying to distance myself from. So from the beginning, I sort of said, okay, fine, I can want to log into my site, and I want logging into my site to be the thing that identifies me not necessarily me logging to all these other sites. So you're essentially using your domain name, david.shansky.com, as a passport to sign into other sites and services. Yeah, so basically that's 
the whole dream of any sort of provider of authentication of any type that you have mm-hmm. uh, what they call single sign-in, which is you sign into one place and that sign into one place is delegated to other places. So in the for IndieAuth, IndieAuth, and it took me a long time to sort of realize how Aaron had set it up, uh, basically up until the point, um, I was confused up until the point that he actually wrote it down. Um, <laughs> no, I'd read the, the wiki page. He actually wrote the specification, which explained it a lot more. Uh, the pages in the wiki, I looked over a couple dozen times and decided I just wasn't getting it. Uh, now that I built one, I probably get it a lot more than somebody who didn't. Um, but so um, IndieAuth is basically a layer on top of OAuth. OAuth is what most of these sites use. That's how IndieAuth.com basically logs you in using your credentials from these sites. It uses, so can, they're all OAuth so, providers. So can you explain to me, or for the newcomer, how one would use IndieAuth.com to log into the IndieWeb org wiki yeah that's where what, the, is, what, is, what does that look like well that's where the the realme auth stuff comes into place so what it was was this uh, normally you would be delegating from one site to uh, to another site so you'd be saying i'm let's say example.org and i want um to basically let my users log into another site using my example.org credentials that's the basic of oauth so mm-hmm. Realme all says, okay, fine. Um, most of these people who want to log in using their own site, what they don't want to do is they don't want to build this technology into their site. They don't want to build OAuth or IndieAuth, IndieAuth being a variant thereof, into their site. So what Aaron, who developed it, came up with was basically to implement Realme Auth as a solution. So what that is is I on my site say that um, this is me. Example.org is my site, but so is... Uh, github.com slash example. It basically uses tags on the site, which are links with the attribute rel equals me to say this URL and this URL are actually the same person. So the only, and the only way you can do that is to be able to have control over both sides, the domain or the page on the domain that lets you put a link from one to the other and then vice versa. Yeah. So it's, you're basically tying things together by creating the reciprocal links. So you're, so your GitHub account has in its bio area a link that says, here's my website. And somewhere on your website, you have a link that says, this is my GitHub account. And we're both the same person. And both of those have a little Realme tag on them. And it only works if they can point at each other. Yes, that's Realme Auth. Okay. Now, it, that the re, that was implemented, and that's why people were confusing that with IndieAuth. IndieAuth is the technology around that. So IndieAuth is the technology that allows you to basically use your URL to log into a site. And the way that you actually log into the site is not specified by the IndieAuth protocol, which again is a layer on top of OAuth. So how the site authenticates you once you've basically made a an IndieAuth request to it is not dictated by the specification. So IndieAuth.com authentic, basically authenticates you to its endpoint using Realme Auth. Uh, so let's let's try on a slightly more technical level. So okay. you you have a let's say you have a MicroPub client which uses IndieAuth. That's what a lot of people wanted IndieAuth for in the first place. I, well, that, well, for for as an example, so that it's not we don't get too crazy. Let's use a specific MicroPub client. Maybe something like uh, Own Your Gram. Okay, Own Your Gram as, as, as a as a common one that people yeah. use to um, yeah. take content from their Instagram account and post it to their, their own website. So I'm not going to get technical as in talking about all the properties and details. I'm going to talk about just basically the process. Okay. I don't want to get into the details. Um, 
it took me uh, weeks to sort of get them. But basically, so I have my Own Your Gram instance. I want to log into Own Your Gram, and I want to give Own Your Gram access as a Micropub client to log into my site. So Own Your Gram, basically, you give it access to your credentials for Instagram. You give it, um, you log into your site using IndieAuth, and it basically takes anything that's posted on Instagram and posts it to your site so that you have both copies, both your, in this case, the Instagram is the original, but you have a copy that is basically syndicated back to your site. So that copy becomes your own permanent version of it, even if Instagram ceases to be. So yeah, Instagram disappears and you still own a physical copy or a digital copy of everything you ever posted to Instagram. So that's, um, to use the terminology, that's Pesos as opposed to Posse. So that's posting elsewhere and syndicating to your own site as opposed to posting on your site and syndicating elsewhere. Okay. So the two, so that's on your gram. There are a lot of different uh, things like that. Uh, people have developed a few of these that basically use Micropub as the way of posting to your site after linking it to something else. So whichever one it is, they work the same way. It's basically a uh, posting. So in order to do that, you have to authenticate to your site and all of the Micropub services use IndieAuth as the authentication. So that means basically you put in your your URL, it goes out to your website, and then it looks up in the header of your website where your authorization endpoint is. We'll start there. So the authorization endpoint is the thing that authenticates you to your site. So once it does that, it basically, your authorization endpoint is responsible for logging, for basically asking you for your credentials. So in the case of IndieAuth.com, it asks you for your credentials by searching your site for RealMeAuth and finding a provider that you can log into and using that provider as proof of your identity. Um, for oh. It could be, but it could also be just a traditional user and password combination. Yeah. So if I'm using Twitter as my RealMeAuth, it's looking at my Twitter account and saying, are you logged in to Twitter right now? And if you are and you give it permission to act as you so you have to um, you can basically delegate access from twitter to indieauth.com it'll say okay fine now i know it's you i can go and go back to, well, there's another step but we'll skip it for a moment here i can go back to own your gram and say yes this is indeed him let him into the site okay and that's relying on twitter having an implementation of oauth oauth 2.0 yes is the so i'm that's the top layer of security is the oauth setup and I'm kind of moving my way up to using Twitter's OAuth, basically, so that you don't have to implement your own. Exactly. Okay. That's so I don't have to. I don't have to build my own OAuth 2.0 implementation to be able to identify myself on the internet to log into another site. Yeah. So that's a hosted. But again, you're not. You're one. You're trusting the integrity of IndieAuth.com, which I do. Uh, both of us, at one time or another, have met the person who's responsible for it, and I assume you believe in his integrity. Oh, I do. Unimpeachably. Yeah. So, and again, but that's a thing. Then it's assuming you believe in the integrity of the sites that he's delegating to for the authentication, Twitter, GitHub, what have you. But if you're already working with those sites, you probably believe in them, at least in the sense that they're going to delegate your identity appropriately. So you have this level of trust between all these things. But let's say you don't want any of that. I didn't want any of that. I think it's overly complicated to for me to basically log into my site using another site. I want to log into my site with my site. I want to tell other sites that they have the authority to log into my site as me. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like so it's like giving my car keys to my best friend to drive my car. I will know it's giving your car keys to your best friend so that you can loan them out to other people. Yeah. So I want to be the one giving out my car keys and not some third party. Company. Yeah. So admittedly, 
there's an advantage to that. So WordPress does not really have OAuth. Uh, it doesn't have it built in. It uh, does not have a, it has a couple of plugins that sort of implement OAuth uh, varying degrees of competency. So I wanted to build one. Now that's the first part of it. Um, that's the authorization endpoint. That's the thing that says you are you. So the other part is the token endpoint. This is the other part of the, the auth implementation. So the token endpoint is the thing that you basically check again. So once you've proven your you, the authorization endpoint basically tells the token endpoint to issue you a token. It's basically a key to the house, or in your case, the car, since we're in a car now. Okay. So the token endpoint gives out keys. It gives out permission to access the site as you. The authorization endpoint is the thing that proves you're you. The token endpoint is the one that, once you've proven it, gives you permit. It gives you permission to act as a person without actually knowing their real credential. So it gives you a key in the form of a really long token. So in order to build one of these things, you have to have your token endpoint, which basically takes in tokens and checks them to see whether or not they're valid. And you need the authorization endpoint, which basically validates people's identity and issues instructs the token endpoint to issue them tokens. Now there's a whole bunch of plumbing in between, you know, how the two, are, how the two interact the, with each other, but that's the, the gist of what you're looking for. So those are the two big pieces of those what are, you've Those are what the pieces. Built. Those okay. are the two pieces. There are a bunch of things you have to do in order to do that. For example, the authorization endpoint has to be able to verify to the token endpoint that it authorized something. Mm-hmm. So there's all this interaction between the two endpoints, and then the, there are all these interactions between the endpoints and the clients. So in January at Indie Web Camp Baltimore, I basically built the token endpoint in the room, in the hotel room, and then spent the rest of the time refining it with Aaron's help. And then the basically the week before last, I sat in a basement and wrote the authorization endpoint, refined it, got it to a point at which it sort of worked, and asked Aaron to look at it and make sure that the implementation was in line with the spec, uh, made a bunch of adjustments, um, got a bunch of other people in, um, to look at it, and ultimately it went out finally this weekend. So, so now... It, uh, Friday night, I think? Is it Friday or Saturday night? Was it? I'm trying to remember. When did I actually put the darn thing out? Um, either way, um, I forget when he actually posted it. Because we were talking about it, and it was Matthias Pfefferle. I was hoping I pronounced his last name correctly, because I've never actually heard him pronounce it. But, I don't yeah. But um, he's the one who did the final posting, and he was having so, some problems with the test implementation, so I wanted to make sure it was working for him. So there was originally a WordPress plugin that allowed the Realme auth portion to log you to, into your site. To, to log you into your website using some other third party like uh, GitHub and Twitter, I think probably were the two most common. By the way, that functionality still does work. Um, under the new, under the way the plugin was designed, and there was a whole again back and forth about this because we were trying to do the right thing and not remove functionality. Mm-hmm. So if you go under settings in general in WordPress itself, you get you get basically an option. So you get a, uh, the local endpoint, which is now built in. You could use IndieAuth.com as your endpoints, or you could use a custom setting. So you can so, use any compliant IndieAuth authorization or token endpoint for your site. So, so the difference now from what we've most, a lot, many of us and many of our listeners will have been doing for the last several years, at least those who are on WordPress.org uh, self-hosting instances, most of us have been using IndieAuth.com as our endpoint to get us access to, and I think for the most part, it's micropub services like OwnYourGram. Own your swarm, uh, Quill, 
Otherwise um, known as the Library of Aaron Parecki. Yeah. Or um, or even the ability to log into the uh, IndieWeb.org wiki. We've been using this IndieAuth.com service to do that. And now with this newly revised plugin, uh, updated and installed and activated, uh, in my case, I can use Bafosako.com who basically to, to log into all those services directly and issue tokens and issue tokens. So I'm I've now come one layer closer in terms of kind of bare metal, let's say. Not uh, only I, that, I've I, gone farther than indieauth.com. I do something that it does not. Oh, and and what uh, what is that doing then? I have an interface to revoke oh, the tokens. Okay, so if I want to take my keys back from my best friend who I no longer trust anymore. You can base now. Admittedly, I think that interface should probably be nicer in the future. It's still bare bones, but under the user settings, WordPress there's now a manage token option, which basically allows you to see all the tokens that were issued, revoke them. Also, it supports. Uh, there's a thing in the spec where you can basically do it as well. And again, that is not currently implemented anywhere else. But you can any client can disable an access token that obtained. So if you sign out of the client, it can actually send a request to the endpoint to work. Okay, we had a bit of a hiccup there. Things happen. Uh, so I was talking about the fact that um, you can actually request the revocation of a token, which at the moment I don't believe IndieAuth.com supports, but is in the specification. So I implemented because I wanted to be able to revoke any token that I didn't want, especially considering that I was testing it and therefore asking for tokens every five seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always good to be able to revoke those 50 tokens. Yeah, and there are a bunch of other things. For example... Um, now, optionally, on the main page, if you are not using a local endpoint, in which case uh, logging into your website with your website doesn't really make any sense. Mm -hmm. um, so there is an option for you to turn it on or off to use basically IndieAuth login for your website to restore the original functionality of the plugin. Mm -hmm. So if you went to, if you installed this and went to the login page for WordPress, you would see uh, one, the where it usually says username or email address, it now says username, email address, or URL. So regardless of whether you have the IndieAuth portion for login enabled, it will now let you log into the into your WordPress installation with your URL. But still using your password? Uh, yes. So basically, since your URL is in your account, as is your email address and your username, you can use any of the three in that box. Nice. Uh, well, it saved me a step. Basically, I put it in there because I have to log into allow you to log into the site with your URL in order to verify everything. So I just said, okay, fine. Why don't I just let the box do it also? And the optional part is um, a link right below the login that says sign in with your domain, which you can hide. There's an option under settings that does it. And that'll bring up a new uh, form, which just has a, a URL box. Uh, the old version had basically all of them on the same form. Yeah. I have a new form, which basically sign in with your domain and a little link to learn all about IndieAuth. Nice. Yeah, so that helped a lot in sort of getting everything looking good, and uh, that's really just me overloading the actual login page. Yeah. So now, are there pieces of IndieAuth that you haven't implemented? Well, it depends on your perspective. Um, this, um, every part of the specification that has been implemented is there. Um, there are a few extra things that are missing. For example, according to the specification, uh, you are not supposed to allow HTTP, only HTTPS. Um, that is currently a user decision. Um, it's not being enforced by the software. 
Mm-hmm. So, because also MicroPub, you're not supposed to be using in secure site because your credentials would leak. So, uh, I am deferring to users to make their own decisions at the moment. It would be nice yeah. if everything was secure, but um, there is a notation that it probably should be recommended, and you should have to expressly say you know what you're doing to turn it off. But mm-hmm. it's sort of uh, the only other one I could think of is uh, client information discoveries. The only one in the specification that's not being uh, that says basically when. A server presents its interface, it should display information about the client beyond just its URL in order to better inform the user about what request is being made. Mm-hmm. So it says that it should fetch the URL of the client in order to uh, basically display at the least the application name and icon. Mm-hmm. doesn't do that. Uh, the reason being is I would have to build in a microformats 2 parser in order to do that, and I felt that that was beyond my initial goal at the time. But is it at least a, a stretch goal p- potentially? It's a future enhancement. And I, don't think it hurts. Uh, I don't think it hurts anything by not looking for that information. Yeah. Um, but in the future, that would probably be a good thing to display more. Right now, it does display the URL itself. Yeah. But so it's, essentially, it's the equivalent of when one creates a, let's say, a Twitter app, you you know create a little icon and then give it a name to kind of better indicate who it is and what it is that's requesting your data as a kind of... UI or visual verica- verification of what this thing is. Um, basically, that doesn't, basically, but doesn't so directly it, impinge upon you know yeah. the direct security of what you're doing. Yeah, it's more. It's a basically a UI feature. I did spend some time uh, making sure that the UI looked decent, and then um, got a lot of uh, adjustments from people who wanted to make it look even better. So I think it looks nice. Have you yeah. seen it? Uh, I have not. I, I think I showed a screenshot at one point. I've I've seen yeah a couple screenshots along the way, um, yeah. but have been as thus far have been a little overwhelmed with the fifty other changes you've made in the last few days. Um, really, what to to bang on? Yeah, well, you released you know small update versions of you know the rest of the indie web suite. Well, let's see. Um, yeah. I MicroPub got got some stuff, and then you know Tax Day on Tuesday has. Uh, has slowed me down a little this weekend. But MicroPub, I was sort of doing concurrently with this. So in between waiting for feedback from Aaron on whether or not I complied with the spec, I was uh, over with Ryan Barrett, who is the maintainer of the MicroPub plugin, uh, sending him pull request after pull request, and then apologizing profusely for sending him pull request after pull request. (laughs) Uh, So in the MicroPub plugin, what do we have now? Uh, We have... uh, Basically, my um, what was really annoying me was I was using um, Quill to test uh, indie auth login, and I kept getting these error notices in my log that had nothing to do with my indie auth testing. Yeah. So I went in and fixed them, and that just started me with a bunch of other stuff. Naturally. Uh, so people were having trouble because of a setting that I had implemented um, to do basically post status, so draft as an option that could be sent in, and private posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were um, basically both... He and Aaron Parecki, because uh, people were were getting errors when they were trying to use On Your Swarm, uh, really would l- wanted that feature to be fixed. And it, I, after looking and looking, I couldn't figure out why it wasn't until finally the answer came to me from someone else. Um, Aaron actually rolled up his sleeves and looked at WordPress code, which I have to appreciate, cause, yeah, and figured out um, exactly what the problem was. Uh, namely, that the feature I was using uh, was if you save the settings page, would set it would basically not set it to null, it would set it to empty string. Mm. I was not checking for that, therefore it was failing. But since I had never saved that settings page, it was working perfectly for me. 
So here's another good question then for those who may be switching over either this weekend or in the next couple of days um, from using IndieAuth.com as their uh, uh, provider to using their own, um, and particularly when others aren't revoking tokens. Uh, if I wanted to switch using IndieAuth.com to my own version for something like Own Your Swarm, You'd have to go log back in and then basically have the new token endpoint issue a new token. Okay, so I'm I would go back and re-log in with my own domain name, and, and it would it would authorize you do the round trip circuit authorize me, and then it would be, then be going through that yeah, setup so, rather than yeah. So I did that as soon as the I was doing everything in testing. So as soon as the stable version dropped, so to speak, I basically went into my site, activated it, and then. Before anybody else could tell me that something messed up, I authorized Own Your Swarm and Own Your Gram so that it would just continue to work. Mm -hmm. And I can now revoke those tokens anytime. So if you want to quit using Own Your Swarm, let's say... Well, I'd probably quit... turn it off on the other side as well. But Yeah, or, or yeah, if because you, you can go into your Swarm account and turn it off. Yeah. Uh, but I'd there. go on both sides. I'd revoke the token. Although you don't, you only really need to revoke it from one side necessarily. Yeah, but um, let's put it this way. Uh, I don't know what the Own Your Swarm or Own Your Gram does in regards to uh, trying. If it keeps getting uh, basically messages that the token is no longer valid, does it just keep pulling? Yeah. I sort of want Aaron not to waste his resources on trying to. Yeah. So I'd, and I'd also not want a token out there that could get people into my site. So if I so decided or, I didn't want to participate, I'd want to do both. Or as another example, I know there are some folks who are still using, um, there's an old service that was based on Own Your Gram called Own Your Check-In uh, that was being run, I think, out of Germany. Yeah. You were um, on that for a while, if I'm... Yeah, which I was on. So you could deauthorize that and switch over to Own Your Swarm, um, which actually offers a much fuller uh, experience and set of functionalities than Own Your Check-In did um, as of, I want to say, maybe almost a year ago, I think it's Own Your Swarm has been up and running almost a year. And because it's newer, it is a little more full. Um, but one could do that and then rely on a new service for doing that functionality. Awesome. So, um, and, and, and we should, you know, at least you might want to not want to brag as much, but there are very few implementations, I think, in the community outside of Aaron Parecki's own that provide this uh, indie -off? service, indie off service. Uh, there are a few because um, I, I did test several of them. I was going to say, I have a feeling, you know, Malcolm Blaney maybe is probably one of them. Well, um, um, the best way to find out what we have is, of course, the wiki. The wiki, which has a list of them, which I probably should add mine to. Because I don't think it's there at the moment. Uh, so, supporting sites. Uh, according to this, uh, we have IndieAuth.com. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, CommonPara.de, which I didn't try, but I did try Acquiescence, which is um, basically um, Harry Frost set that up. Mm -hmm. I basically, when I was doing the login portion of it, I was testing all, I was testing my login code against every known implementation. Mm -hmm. So the way that I did this in 2014, Matthias went and basically built the original login plugin and pretty much left it as it was until mm -hmm. uh, he, one day I was talking for probably the 50th time about someday having a IndieAuth endpoint. 
mm-hmm. and he transferred it over to the indie auth repository, which is the community repository. And I basically went in and updated the login code to comply with the spec and rewrote it. So because four years earlier, there was no spec. It was basically um, still in its infancy. Spit and, and bailing wire. Yeah. Well, there, no, there were a few things. For example, the original version was form encoded. Then it was JSON encoded. Uh, the micropub plugin was also using the form encoded because it had basically stolen the code from stolen's a bad word. It had yeah. basically uh, learned from the code in the IndieAuth plugin. So um, basically, first I got it into compliance with what was being done now, so it would work with the spec. And then I started adding on the the token endpoint, and then I added on a bunch of other stuff. Um, so right now, um, in, to go to the WordPress side of things, the you can use IndieAuth to basically get a token that can be used um, to work with the WordPress REST API. So it's also an so in OAuth terms, it's an authorization provider, but um, in REST API terms, it's an authentication provider. So India, um, the IndieAuth plugin works as both. It will allow you to get a token that you could use to basically authenticate yourself to the REST API for third parties if somebody wants to use it, mm-hmm. or alternatively, it can be used the other way. Um, as part of the micropub service and micropub now will actually disable its attempts to authenticate you if indie auth is activated and it will defer to that plugin. Mm-hmm. So it'll use, it'll basically disable, it has its own implementation, but it will disable its own code in the event that you have other code that does the same thing. So what is the difference between this version for WordPress as a plugin and variations? I I'm actually, I'm not aware of any, plugins that provide OAuth 2.0. In fact, actually, I'm kind of surprised that I either don't know of or am not using something like that on my own website. Well, just remember, um, you, can get up and, you can get up and running with IndieAuth in about five seconds. Well, that now, certainly. Um, but are there other implementations of OAuth 2.0 for uh, WordPress users? Yes, there's one that charges. Uh, there's one that's sort of in development. Um, there are a few in there that um, are sort of partially featured, so um, there isn't really a, a consistent landscape there. Yeah. But I did look at them. Um, the one that was created by the REST API team, which was uh, the closest to sort of complete, I used some of the stuff in there that I liked. Mm-hmm. So they had some ideas that uh, saved me on trying to figure out um, alternate ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. For example, their um, their code is what gave me the idea to store the tokens inside the user table instead of storing them in their own table. Yeah. And that saved me a boatload of time. So I could drop them a nice note and a few other things that I learned from their implementation, although mine is different. Mm-hmm. But we're essentially, you're allowing, with this plugin and the size and scope of the WordPress uh, Somebody community can... that's using it, you, you essentially, in a week and a half's work, worth of solid work on your on your part and on... I'd say three weeks. Remember, it was a week and a half for the... Oh, in January, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in about three weeks' worth of work with one person dedicated to it the whole time and at least a half of another, you've gotten this working for really anybody in the WordPress world who wants to do it. And they Um, don't have to do it with just Micropope. That's the other part of it. They could use it as a way of logging their site um, for any REST function. I deliberately wanted to design it that way that it wasn't divorced WordPress ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I try to write it, things that people who don't care about the indie web might occasionally enjoy. Oh yeah. No, I could see all kinds of uses for this. The same um, thing with some of my other plugins that are not indie web standards per se. Um, simple location is probably the best. Um, people, a lot of people who use it don't know anything about the indie web. They just want location. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's using it just for the weather, as far as I. Um, and and then for those who are using something like this on a a multi-site install, is it? It should be doable. Um, admittedly, it, uh, I did ask one person to test it, but I do not have a micro to me a multi-site install that that I would test it with. And and in that case, is it using the author's well, it's using login? The, it's using the author's login, which means it should work the same way. But because the same users are um, are shared between sites, mm-hmm. um, that's probably something to look into. Right now, um, if you get access to a user, you get access to all of its privileges. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way that um, it has to work, the way that WordPress is designed. So limiting scope has to be done by whatever co- um, code is it's linking into. Yeah. Uh, for example, the MicroPub plugin for WordPress does not actually uh, do much with scope. Mm-hmm. Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. <laughs> well, no, I wrote that um, last week. I wrote the support scope uh, PR, mm-hmm. and uh, I just have to make. Um, I was just talking about it, and it's been approved pending uh, three or four different minor changes that it will now basically respect scope to a greater degree. Under the old, the current version that's released, uh, the MicroPub plugin will, if you don't have the create or the post scope, will just turn you away. Yeah. Now. It will actually it actually supports five different scopes, uh, makes it easy to sort of support additional ones, and uh, the granularity is there. Nice. Uh, so basically, it supports all um, both the legacy post scope, which pretty much gives you the keys to everything, mm-hmm. and it supports create, update, delete, and undelete as separate scopes. So you can ask for just one of them. Yeah. So that's uh, sitting for my revision. So give me a day. Or two. Yeah. And Air uh, uh, and Ryan a day to look at it to push oh, no, it he's, through. He already approved it. Oh, he's already okay. Yeah, I'm now in charge of pushing. He's delegated. <laughs> he, nice. I think he got tired after the five pull requests. <laughs> but I uh, know um, over the course of the last two weeks, in addition to the post status thing, um, there are a bunch of other things that are now in there. Um, it now complies with some of the changes to the specification since the plugin was written in the pre-specification days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fixed syndication, which was not specification. Uh, the original assumption was that the that syndication was just a URL. Uh, the spec does not require it to be just a URL, so it that got changed. There's now a hook in there that automatically triggers whenever you syndicate, which I'm going to be playing with outside of here because I built it purely so that I could uh, more easily trigger syndication and start filling in that part of the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm supporting two actual um, experimental properties. Uh, one that was suggested on the wiki that no one's implementing, and one that I made up. And what are those now, two? That is now on the wiki. <laughs> no, I wrote it up as an experimental property and then implemented it, and now I need a client to actually do it. But what's And what's the property? Uh, well, the first one is um, support for querying categories. Okay. So basically, if you query the MicroPub endpoint um, and ask for a list of categories, which would include both uh, WordPress categories and tags, it will actually return that list now. Uh, this is for... The idea was that this would allow you to have uh, auto completion on a client side, mm-hmm. letting it get your list of tags. And since tag and since tags are public information on a WordPress site, as are categories, it's not a, it's not a data leakage. Mm-hmm. It's a service. That's awesome. And what was the other uh... Uh, location visibility? So this is an extension of basic visibility. So the problem being that um, if you added a location, then it would default to whatever WordPress assumed, and WordPress, according to its standards, assumes that everything is public unless you override that, which is an option in simple location, not as part of the WordPress 
ecosystem by default. Mm-hmm. So location visibility is basically the same as, as post visibility. Basically gives you the options that I've set up for simple location. Uh, you can say that you want the location to be public, private, or protected. Or you could say nothing, in which case you defer to the server to assume what you're talking about. And for those who don't use it, what does protected uh, well, public and pri- public and private are the ones that WordPress has always supported. Protected is the one that I added um, to simple location. Uh, protected is basically a text-only description. So, it, meaning it doesn't provide on the back end or by looking at the source of the page the actual GPS coordinates of or where you're at. Yeah. So it's I I could say that if I did protected, I could use just that my location was state of confusion. Yeah, and, or you can say I'm at I'm at home, but without giving away the GPS yeah. coordinates of your exact home location. So I think that's important. And again, if you don't send in one of these properties, it lets it. You're basically saying let the server decide. Yeah, and with WordPress again, the server assumes public. Mm-hmm. So that was the other one. I also added that it will pass through um, altitude and accuracy <laughs> if so provided. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, I, I, I like to store al- altitude. It's one of the things I've been meaning to actually display. Yeah. So right now, um, if you send in a basically a geo URI and it does have an altitude in it, it will store it. Um, if you send through accuracy, it will actually try to store that too, and I may expand that in the future. So it looks for these properties, and then it tries to basically do something with it. Oh, that is stunningly awesome. And beyond that, uh, let's see. That's and all that'll... except for the scope thing, which I'll get to. But a few well, other I, things should work. I, um, the specification changes uh, made it so that slugs should now actually work properly. And syndication, both of them had some minor um, standards adjustments that had to be made. Mm-hmm. So everything should be compliant, which means everything should start working together, which means I just need to see what comes out the other end, one of the things I'm doing next. Oh, and particularly for things like syndication? Yes, I am. I don't have enough syndication support. Yeah, It doesn't flow through um, at the same time, uh, there is a new version of Indigenous, which is a uh, mobile micropub client, which is being worked on by somebody for Android as opposed to the more popular version for iOS. Since I'm an Android user, it doesn't really help me if there's an iOS version. Yeah, although I'm, you know, I'm very tempted to dust off my old iOS-based phone. Well, you can get just into to, the, you can get into the just alpha. Use it. Yeah, I'm in the alpha for Indigenous for Android and. After some tweaks with the India stuff, I was able to get it to work, and I posted a few things to my test site that actually came from the indigenous Android app. So if he continues to develop it, then it should be perfect for what I'm looking for. You can share stuff with it. I have yeah. to start sending more feedback. I've already sent, turned out to be my mistake. That's how you can tell how busy I've been in the last week or so, as I haven't already set up and gotten either Together or Indigenous up and running to work with all these things because that's the you know that's for me that's the one kind of missing piece of the broader indie web experience is having a a good solid reader that i can use to interact directly with my own website um and that's you know and i'm not i'm not focusing on the reader part i'm focusing on the posting it thrills me to no end that you know you know after several years of playing around with all these things to see these bigger pieces starting to now fall into place um because uh, i think that's going to be one of the bigger disrupting pieces to the rest of the way the web works and how big companies like twitter and facebook allow us to interact with each other that's their you know in my mind really facebook isn't so much a a site where i go to post things but it's really something more that i use to read and then interact with those things 
Uh, You're not going to try to convince me to write a micro sub. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But you know, I'll put it in your in the back of your head as the you know. I'm I'm not there yet. (laughs) You know, I'm not even I'm not even adjacent to that one. Two two indie webcams, hence maybe. Um, no, I you're supporting so much stuff already that uh, you know. But it's it's really great to see somebody playing around at least on the Android side of building and supporting something like Indigenous, um, and, which you I, know, it it seems to have all fit together because I started building all of the and improving all the backend pieces, thinking I'd have to basically hack something together to do Micropub and. This came in at just the right time, mm-hmm. right? You know, he he started it just as I was finishing this up. Yeah, and that will have me doing a lot of micro pub and syndication work to because I if he continues the workflow finishes up, I finally complete what I've been trying to do for the last few years, which is to make it very easy for me to open up my phone and I have the app here hooked up to my test site, so I can do it right now while we're talking. So so Eddie Hinkle has been building most of the indigenous portion of the platform that dovetails with Aaron Parecki's Aperture stack to make a lot of this indie web reader functionality an easier uh, piece of the puzzle. And then uh, in a separate reader interface, it's, uh, I believe, Jonathan LaCour and uh, Grant... Uh, this is his last name. Uh, I Always, it's his website is Grant Codes. Yeah, I always remember um, people by things like that because. So it's so so in some sense, his domain really has become his identity. Um, uh, but that's the Together project, uh, which is uh, very similar in uh, I think size and scope to what uh, Indigenous is. But tell us where we can find the uh, Android Alpha piece piece of the puzzle. Well, in order for you to actually get involved with the alpha, you have to request access. So in, is, order, in order to do that, that, you have to that basically the, send a message to the developer. And is that on the wiki yet? I believe there's a link to it on the wiki. Um, but I if, think, you, oh, if you go directly to uh, his site, he published something on the 11th, which is uh, realize.be slash blog slash indigenous dash android, which is... Which we'll, yeah, we'll put in the show notes. Yeah, which just instructs you on where to find him in order to ask him to admit you to the alpha. So you have to give him whatever site your, uh, excuse me, whatever email address your Google Play account is associated with. To be able to get the end. Okay. No, I just, for the tape, I wanted to get you to mention the site so that those who are looking for it can find it easily. Um, But generally, this is all, you know. I don't know if anybody else is impressed, but I'm stunningly impressed at how far you've come in the last two or three weeks here. Well, sometimes Uh, you may notice, um, sometimes you may see me stuck on non-IndieWeb related things for a few weeks, and then all of a sudden just happen to have the ability to get a bunch of things done, and then I have to go back to things like cleaning. Yeah, or real life. What's this real life of a day? Well, I notice you, you always ship some really interesting big things around indie web camps, where you'll start them there and finish them within a week. But um, well, that's it, why I like going to them. It sort of inspires me to want to build something. Cause, and I've sort of committed that I'll probably end up at Indie um, Web Summit, which is coming up in Portland at the end of June. Although a lot less convenient this year because it is midweek. Yeah. But what else would I do with my vacation? Uh, hanging out with all of you is probably more fun than what I did. While sitting in a basement uh, yeah. on my last vacation, 
And this talk, I may be uh, once again uh, sent abroad. And uh, that was the other really productive time in my indie web career when I was uh, basically in a foreign country and had nothing to do when I wasn't working but hang around and write things in a hotel room. Yeah. So all of my trips always seem to be very productive also because that's also when I use stuff and discover that it isn't working. In October, yeah. I went uh, I went to Europe and basically discovered that the Micropub uh, time zone code was broken because it was setting the wrong time. And mm-hmm. I fixed it while I was confined to the hotel room due to a hurricane. Oh, By the way, don't go on vacation with me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it, and it never works out. It's, no, I, I love the way the indie web makes such huge leaps and strides when, you know. When people are confined to hotel rooms or... Yeah. Or the, the more common one, somebody gets annoyed with something not working the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Well, we 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 all owe you a lot. Um, so if anybody is We're not listening doing this to podcast this... just so that I can joke my ego, are we? N- no, it's just because I enjoyed the conversations. There, yeah, there it definitely is that. But if you if you're in the IRC or Slack chat for uh, IndieWeb right now, go go give uh, type in GWG plus plus and return because um, it. Uh, yeah, I, you don't you don't get enough credit for, and you know, and even Aaron probably doesn't get enough credit for the quiet things he does in the background. Um, well, um, I sort of wrangled him. You know, I had I told him I need to give him an honorable mention for all the help he gave me in actually building the India stuff because my the what I told him in Baltimore was that thirty um, percent of the known web supposedly uses WordPress. That's the statistic that everybody likes to throw out. If I messed up a login uh, functionality, for I could compromise a lot of websites, and I'd feel very bad and guilty about that. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to make sure that the code, as much as possible, seemed bulletproof. If I could have found somebody on the WordPress side to audit it, I would have. I considered yeah. I considered asking somebody in the on the REST API team if they could have it for me. Yeah, but uh, so far no. Well, now that it I, exists, though, I can see people in the WordPress community taking a, a hack at. At building things that dovetail with it. Well, that's a thing. Um, Suddenly, there's this motivation to build on a standard, even if you're not in the indie web community, to build on it because you have another reason for using it. Yeah. Now, I just was tempted to look at the at the install stats for the indie auth plugin. Mm-hmm. Let's just see here. Where are they? Ratings? No, we have ratings. Where are the stats now? I'm sorry. Every time I go here, I realize that I have not looked at those pages. There's the change log. Where did they put the stats now? Yeah, they've moved it again. I don't see it either. Maybe I have to be logged in. So, yeah, so advanced view. There it is. Active versions, downloads per day. Uh, here we are. According to this, uh, the plugin has had, currently has over 200 installations. Install growth, uh, 2%. Uh, according to this, there was a big spike in downloads uh, in where uh, 11 people downloaded it in the last 48 hours. There you go. Uh, probably because of the update, but I don't know. Yeah. If so in the last... Uh, Today, six, there, it's had 60 downloads. Uh, yesterday, 11, and the last seven days, 85. So apparently people have noticed the new version, but I don't know Yeah, people have started using We'll see. It'll be slow growth. But the nice part is people are now no longer reliant on third parties like Twitter or GitHub or even IndieAuth.com as solid and uh, commonly used as it is that they can now rely on using their own website to authenticate themselves. And that's what I was sort of hoping for. So, and they've now got the ability to revoke tokens as well, which yeah. is 
uh, you know, something I've run into two or three times where, you know, well, at some point I've, I would want to make it easy for you to issue a token out of the back end. Yeah. But I've actually emailed people in the past to say, Hey, I, for one reason or another need to quit using your service, but it's still sending me data and I can't, I, you know, I can't turn it off. You have to turn it off for me. Um, uh, which manual till it hurts. It hurt, <laughs> it hurt enough for me. So I built a little screen that, yeah. But stunning, stunning work. It's David. not pretty. Yes. <laughs> I have to make the, the token revocation screen look prettier. Yeah. Well, not. I, you've made a big enough jump already that the, that part is. Uh, but I'm always, I'm always curious to decide what's next. We'll see what happens. So far in the last 24 hours, the closest thing I've done to exciting is uh, make it so that the micro pub, the micro dot blog um, icon is now in the indie web plugin. Oh yeah, I did notice that. So I actually looked at the uh, change log and was like, "What in goodness name happened here?" And it's yeah. If you basically, if you had a, if you had a link in your sidebar and you were using the generic website icon, it basically magically once you refreshed, turn into the micro pub, you know, micro blog one. Yeah, and that just keeps happening every time I refresh the icons. <laughs> and I keep going and sending emails to the simple icons people who are supplying my icon set with things that. I've noticed are missing. Yeah, which is always good. Well, you can too. Um, you have many more icons. Than- uh, I, my goal is to syndicate to fewer, fewer and fewer places over time. But we're, we're well, I getting... do it for I do it for Realme. Yeah. Even though now I don't need Realme. I... Yep. On awesome. that note, um, this was fun. Uh, how about we do it again? Sure. I'm so, game. So just because we sort of did a hybrid uh, recording today, uh, why don't you remind people where they can find you if they're so... looking? Uh, I'm. My name is Chris Aldrich, and I live online at www.bafosaco.com. And my name is David Chansky. You can find me online at david.chansky.com. And I was last seen in that state of confusion. <laughs> you realize that I, I don't actually use that icon, the last scene. No. Uh, well, no, I, I, it, I have to go back to that and make it work the way that I want it to. I sort of put it in as proof of concept. Yeah. and didn't refine it to work exactly the way I wanted to. So right now, last scene is uh, basically a recording of the last location post that you did and where it was. Okay. Yeah. So uh, right now, I am not posting that because there. Um, I have not actually protected it against the fact that if I do a private location in one of my posts, it still updates that field. Uh, I have some minor tweaks to do. I have a whole bunch of things about location privacy that I need to think about. And once I finish thinking about them, I need to do something. Because I discovered the other day that uh, since I programmed uh, simple location to actually um, save location data from any photo that's uploaded, that information is automatically exposed. Mm. That might not be. Yeah. Did not realize I was doing that. So, <laughs> well, bear in mind, if you're uploading a photo to your site and the photo is available, anybody could extract that information from the photo. Mm-hmm. I just made it easier for people to extract that information without having to have a piece of software to do it. So it's sort of a gray area. Yeah. Anyway, um, that brings us to the end of this program. Uh, tune in next time when we will talk about something. At some future date has yet to be determined. Yeah, but rest assured it'll be interesting. It always is. All right. Thanks, David. Well, always a pleasure. Take care.